0: Never was a man. had a lot of dreams, had a lot of plans. They were taken away by a shaky. Head. I knew a boy never was a
1: man. Halloween has just passed, but this is actually the spookiest day of the year because this is the day when you listen to us read fic that we didn't write. Welcome to this Amalonic Life. I'm Poppy,
2: and I'm Viata.
1: And this is the podcast that nobody asked for, but everybody needs.
2: As always, before beginning the episode, we would like to acknowledge that this podcast is written and recorded on unceded and unsurrendered Mi'kmaq territory. To support your local Indigenous community, please consider donating to organizations who are providing essential care. Examples, if you're living in Ottawa, are the Ottawa Native Friendship Centre, Wabano and Lodge. And once again, I'm going to mention that the Mi'kmaq at Digby um, are still very much in need of donations. Um... And it would be much, much appreciated if you could donate there. All right. All right, Beata, what are we drinking today? I am drinking um, Mill Street Organic. <gasps> what? Oh, oh my God, pocket. I would get. yeah.,
1: uh, I would give my entire soul to be drinking Mill Street Organic right now. I know. I'm like so sad. I miss Mill Street Organic. The other day I literally just googled <laughs> Mill Street Organic. <laughs>
2: I think of Mike every time I drink it because I know this is, like, (laughs) the thing that he always drinks. So I knew that you would, yeah. It's a favorite in the
1: house. Like, I miss Mill Street. I miss Dominion so much. I would, like, Mm. probably sell one of my toes to drink, like, a Dominion (laughs) town and country right now. Um, It's, like, actually really sad. I miss when, like, the Dominion guys used to deliver beer to my house And it was Mm -hmm. COVID, so we couldn't, like, really say hi, but they would just, like, call. And then I would awkwardly wave out of my doorway as they Mm. left, and they would sort of nod their heads, and I missed them. I missed that interaction (laughs) so much. (laughs) Man, okay, well, I'm double fisting. I have a cup of black tea with milk, um, because it's past 11pm and I'm very tired. And I have a kombucha Pilz. It's, it's like fine. It's like a normal German pills. It's very like basic. I think it's what I drank last time we recorded.
2: Mm-hmm. I like that we're finally recording late enough for me to be drinking
1: beer and you need caffeine anyways. I know. Because it's so late. <laughs> it's a weird time, but we're trying to make it work. Uh, um, mhm There's been, like, some noise disturbances in our podcast due to me personally and my house. (laughs) Um, So we're recording late enough that my mom is in bed because she has to, like, go to school in the morning. And I've locked the dogs out, but I have two sleeping cats next to me. So I'm really (laughs) just hoping that the cats stay sleeping. Usually when they're out. (laughs) This is just how it is. Usually when the cats are out, like, the cats are out. But you never know.
2: All right. Okay, are we ready to talk about the Suns? I I mean,
1: are we ever ready to talk about the (laughs) Suns? Yeah.
2: Um, So some stuff happened, not a lot. Um, The most important thing that we need to talk about is just the fact that Brady Kachuk is still doing his nerf spawn, and the next um, episode is coming out on November 16th, and, like, I have this written in my calendar. (laughs) I am so excited. I just want... To
1: see, I
2: want more like images of Brady Kachuk with Nerf guns.
1: Brady Kachuk and Matthew Kachuk are so adorable. I love the Kachaks. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Nerf spawn. Also, um, the sister Tamrin Kachuk just became state champion in field hockey. I think. Oh wow! I think it's field hockey. I didn't know that. Uh, which is really and the exciting. Just yeah the most amazing
2: family like
1: imagine well as i mentioned last episode they're always going on about how like they think their sister is like the most talented athlete in the family they're just so delightful mm-hmm. um so and it was also like had 20th birthday or something like that i don't know so mm-hmm. or maybe less than that i don't know how old she is This is very bad information because I'm not actually 100% sure. I'm like, was it field hockey? I think so. Did she turn 20 or did she turn 18? I don't remember. Feel free to fact
2: check us on any of this. Yeah. Do not quote us on any of this stuff.
1: But um, yeah, Um. I'm pretty stoked about the... um, uh, Yeah, it was Varsity Field Hockey. Just wanted to say this. (laughs) <laughs> she she was the state champion of varsity Field Hockey. Um Okay. So yeah, uh that's fun. We love the Nuff Spawn. I just love <laughs> Kachuk spawn. Like I think it's really funny. So uh uh-huh. it's kind of like a good blessing. I miss the milk spawn. Not gonna jack. Yeah. Like,
2: I hope he just keeps doing really weird spawn. It's yeah.
1: really fun. I mean yeah, I love it. So
2: um anyways, the other big bit of news that happened recently is that our boy Tim Stutzler is not actually going to be wearing the perfectly innocuous, not problematic at all number 88. <laughs> no, he's actually going to wear number 18, which which is good. We like that number a lot better. Um sorry to anyone who bought an 88 jersey.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That was my favorite. <laughs> Had fun explaining that. <laughs> when people were like, oh my god, no, I just bought an 88. Um, I also just realized this is episode 18, so this is episode <gasps> Tim Stutzler. Very We keep exciting. forgetting to do
2: this. Like, wasn't there... Didn't we, like, forget to mention um when we did episode Alfie a long time ago? Oh. No, we did mention it at some point. Anyways. We're yeah. bad at those. Was last episode episode... No, no, the next
1: one is episode Brassard. Oh, you know I'm going to remember that one. (laughs) We have to keep up with this. (laughs) The other day there was this tweet that was like, who's the greatest hockey player of all time who wore um, the number (laughs) of, like, the age you're at right now? And I was like, oh, I'm not 19 anymore.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I also, I love that Ascend's podcast is saying that Derek Broussard <laughs> is more notice- notable than Jason Spezza. <laughs> it's like,
1: <laughs> it's really funny to me because I know how, like, I don't know. I have so many conversations with people where they're like, is this a bit? And I'm like, no, I really love Derek Brassad. Like <laughs> <laughs> The bit is that I love Derek <laughs> Um So, yeah, I think that this is like, I don't know what went into his decision to switch to 18, obviously. Um, I don't think that there was any malicious intent in him picking 88, to be honest. Like, no, I I don't think that this, like, teenage boy was like, (laughs) I'm going to say, like, I'm going to use the secret, you know, like, neo-Nazi number or something. Like, I doubt (laughs) that that's something he was, like, really thinking about. Um, And, uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I think he was just, like, oh, like, players I like have won this number and I couldn't get the number eight, so whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, I would assume that this is something that might have come around. Um, like, you know, people were sort of murmuring about it. I'm sure he, like, he's somebody who's clearly very online. Like, he probably sort of mm-hmm. picked it up a bit. Um, and... You know, people are saying, like, oh, my God, what if he, like, read all the tweets and we, like, bullied him into picking a different number? I don't think that's the case. I think he's a, like, teenage boy who lives in Germany. I think somebody in his circle was like, (laughs) hey, maybe we should consider, like, this and this. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I think that the likeliest sort of alternative to this is that somebody in his circle was like, hey, like maybe you should reconsider this number, you know, like maybe we should tread a little bit lightly. I think that it's something that he was just like honestly oblivious of, but I also think it's something that people in other parts of Germany, I don't know what it's like where he's from, I have no idea, but like where I live, it's something that's like, people are a little bit more sensitive about. So it's possible that one of his friends, somebody in his family, you know, somebody he knows and is close mm-hmm. with was like, Hey, but this is pure speculation. We have no idea.
2: Yeah. And I don't know, I like I like eighteen. Like, no disrespect to Marian Hosa, but like I feel like we it's been long enough, you know, mm-hmm. we're ready for a new number eighteen. Could be yeah. like an iconic number.
1: Yeah, I think it's good for him. Also, isn't he like eighteen right now? He can be like I was eighteen when I was drafted, something like that. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh yeah. I mean wow, who wasn't eighteen when they were drafted.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean.
2: Like he's can... so special of him.
1: Wow, can't
2: believe Tim Stützler was drafted at eighteen, an icon.
1: But you know what I mean? Like it's pretty um uh-huh. straightforward for him. Uh I think yeah, it's good. I really... think it's like good news. I think, you know, like it sucks for people who bought the ATH jersey. Um mm-hmm. but you know, everything that we think about the numbers that players pick is purely speculation. He hasn't come out and said mm-hmm. anything about it. He just, like, said, oh, I have picked number 18.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm, exactly. Like, um, yeah. Also, I didn't write this in the notes, but I do need to bring up the fact that Eugene Melnick is um, suing the media. I'm not... Uh... We don't need to talk about this more, but just... That's just very iconic. It's very Eugene Melnick. I love... Um, It was really funny. (laughs)
1: Eugene is so weird. I mean, like, suing, like, the media is such a funny, (laughs) scummy move. Because in most cases, like, unless somebody is reporting something that's, like, clearly, you know, trying to, like, personally put you down or, like, vilify you in a way that is, like, completely unfair... Suing the media is just such a galaxy brain move because the only thing it really does is point towards your bad relationship with the media and why you have a bad relationship with the media. And like, now you have to, well, I guess unless they settle, if like, um, if they don't settle, he's going to have to go to court and they're going to have to like discuss the allegations and why he's suing them and why, you know, like the allegations are quote unquote false. Really, do you want to do that, Eugene? I, like, it's such a... <laughs> I just love
2: that, like, they couldn't wait more than a few days, right? Mm. Like, they had they had such a great draft night. Things were going so well. And then I like, was just like, all right, time to sue the media for making me look bad by reporting on the things I do and say. Yeah.
1: And I think that's something and that's, like, you know, it's such a huge thing where we... It, It's sort of iconic that when you give the media attention for negative press, it's going to blow up way more than it would otherwise. So it's very funny for him to be like, I want to make this a thing. When it's also like, Eugene, people have been writing shit about you for like a thousand years. Thousands Mm -hmm. of years. (laughs) Sue me. <laughs> sue this podcast. You can sue I,
2: us. i probably done more for your <laughs> reputation. Like, <laughs> I don't think that one Ottawa Sun article is what finally convinced people that oh my God, maybe no. Eugene Melick is not a very nice guy. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So, <laughs>
1: Like, did we not have billboards, like, two years ago? It's like... <laughs> I don't know. This man is, like, crazy. I don't... I can't even... <laughs> I can't even begin to, like, try and understand where he's coming from 99% of the time. And it also just leans into this, like, funny sort of caricature of him that has been sort of built up of him being, like, this Trumpian character. Mm -hmm. Because once again, like, picking a fight with just, like, the media. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny, because, like... And, like, okay, this isn't
2: to say that sports media is amazing. mm -hmm. Um, I don't think... Yeah, I I don't have the highest opinion of the Ottawa Sun, but still, no. <laughs> this
1: is funny. Like I don't think any okay, like I, I don't Beata and I do not think the Ottawa Sun is necessarily the best paper out there. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny that Eugene is pretty much suing the most conservative paper in Ottawa, mm-hmm. or like the most conservative mainstream paper in Ottawa. That's pretty funny. Um, mm-hmm. Moving on. Because like I don't know if you have anything else to say. <laughs> There's only so much we can say about <laughs> public <service> controversy. <laughs> All right, so the sense signed Dadunov.
2: Um, So I hear that he's a really good player, like really impactful signing. Um, the cost per point cast had some nice things to say about him. Um, however, what's really important personally to me is that this man's nickname is Daddy.
1: It's very uh, comforting to me personally to finally have a dad in Ottawa. You know, like mm-hmm. like uh, I, all these years I've been <laughs> I've been there it, all on right? my own, and finally. <laughs> and
2: like he's one of the older guys. Like he's not he's not old. I'm looking, at, but I'm looking at like the years of birth, and like I should not be this close in age to. Somebody who's nickname at this point <laughs> in my life. Um, I think he is currently the second oldest player on the team. Which is crazy. Um, he's literally
1: 31.
2: Like <laughs> He is 31. He is a year older than Anisimov. Mm. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, he's kind of the team dad a little bit, right?
1: I mean, he's about to be, yeah. Uh...
2: Yeah. And I mean... Uh, I want to give a shout out to Spencer Blake, who has decided that he's going to tweet out Queer Eye GIFs every time Dadinov scores, because <laughs> um, there are lots of Queer Eye GIFs using the word daddy. And oh, I can imagine. Great. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm I'm enjoying this. I'm really happy with this signing. I think he just brings a lot of character and leadership and... Um, you know, just dad vibes. <laughs> this is my
1: analysis based on his name. I was <laughs> so about um, to say, this is such a cuss, like, section, where we're like, okay, he seems fine, but also, did you know his nickname?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, he's also, I'm just looking at the stats here right now, um, he is tied with Colin White for the shortest player on the team, so that's just a, an elite combination, I think, like short and
1: a dad. How is he the shortest player on the team? Isn't he, like... He's (laughs) 5'11". Okay, that's... I guess that's, like, kind of... Like, okay. That's kind of... I I guess it's tall for me. I think everybody who's taller than me is tall.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The Sens have a lot of players over six
1: feet. I mean, most NHL players are over six feet. Yeah, I guess. I didn't realize. But
2: no, a lot of really tall guys, actually.
1: Yeah. Can't teach big. I'm surprised. I thought that white was tall. He gives me tall vibes. No,
2: he's pretty small.
1: He gives me tall vibes. That's the thing. But then again, everybody who I look up to, like physically look up to, gives me tall vibes. I have like, the second you're like 20 centimeters taller than me, I'm like, I don't know how tall you are.
2: Literally. See it. I spent so much time, like, making jokes about Jean-Gabriel Peugeot being short, and then I met him, and he, like, towered over me. <laughs> and, like, I continued to call him short. That's that's really cruel, actually. Just just in the same way that I call players my sons when they're, like, several years older than me. Although, as I said, not not as significantly older than me as, if, as you would expect. If the sons um,
1: keep, like, signing the way they are very soon, uh, like, majority of the players are going to be significantly younger (laughs) than me. Like, like,
2: there's only... Okay, Kachuk is the only player in my birth year, um, and he's younger than me, because he's a September baby. Um, But a lot of 95, 94, 97... Yeah.
1: I'm starting to get to the age where I'm like, oh my god, all these hockey players are younger than me, which is kind of weird, but yeah, every, like, when, a few years ago, everybody was like, oh, it gets so weird when all the hockey players are younger than you, and I was like, they're professional athletes, of course they're younger than you, like, why Mm -hmm. are you being weird about this? And now I'm like, I'm 25, my, my life is over, (laughs) like.
2: (laughs) I know, I'm like, looking at Tim Stutzer, he's what, like, three years younger (laughs) than me, like, excuse me? (laughs)
1: Look, at the age I'm at right now, I should be at the height of my, like, (laughs) athletic career. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you're in your prime right now. Oh, yeah. Just so you know. I don't feel that. Uh,
1: (laughs) So, (laughs) they also... (laughs) Sorry. I was about to say, speaking of no longer being in your prime... (laughs) I don't know if that's too rude...
2: But <laughs> that's not okay, we're talking about Alex Galchenia. Nothing is off limits.
1: I fucking hate this so much. I really personally, like this is so weird of me, but I have like a I have a soft spot for a lot of players who were on the Canadians when I first started watching hockey, um hmm. which is not that long ago. I have the opposite of a soft spot for these guys. <laughs> so, like, I kind of have a soft spot for Alex Galchenyuk. I think he's, you know, like, I don't know. He, I, I hate when he's, oh my god, I just checked because I was like, speaking of people who may be past that prime, and Alex Galchenyuk is 26. <laughs> I hate this. This man is literally like... Belly. He's on
2: the wrong side
1: of 25. <laughs> God. <laughs> this is so weird. Um. <laughs> so, Alex. Okay, so it turns
2: out Alex Galchenyuk is like exactly in his prime. Yeah. I'm just
1: being rude. Um, also, <laughs> did you realize that Alex Galchenyuk's full name is Alexander Alexandrovich Galchenyuk? What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Literally? <laughs> Called Alexander Alexandrovich Gulchenyuk. I love that. You know what? That,
2: I don't know, that just suits him. Like, that makes sense to me. It's beautiful. I love it. Of course, he'd have a name like Um, that. He's so. uh, The thing is, okay, I think the worst part about the signing, like, I hate this player so much. hmm. And yet, I have a feeling that if he sticks around on the team, eventually I am going to like him. And that just that thought fills me with so much rage.
1: I'm gonna say I like Alchenyuk, um being on my team. Like I, I think he's a good hmm. player. I like watching him. Um, I made a rude joke about him, and I take it back. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> I mean, it kind of kind of bounced back to you
1: when <laughs> <It kinda> you <laughs> made <it>. that joke. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> but um, I do actually really like this signing. It's only. Um, so he only signed for one year, and it's one point five million. Mm-hmm. Really, like that is not enough time to make me like him. Oh, like I think that's a, like a really good deal. Like he's he's not a bad player, obviously. Like mm-hmm. he's somebody who has experience. He's <sighs> only twenty six, as I just discovered, mm-hmm. and um, it's one year. It's like just over a mil. That's really good. That's like. Mm-hmm. Very good, so I'm not mad about this at all. Um, it's one of those things where some people were like, Oh, isn't this like weird? We're just like stocking up on players, even though we keep going on about how we're gonna give young players a chance. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea to have somebody who's got a little bit more experience on the ice. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, I get it, and like, not a he's not a washed up veteran as much
2: as. He just gives washed up vibes to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the, vibe, uh, the vibes are washed up, but <laughs> yeah. the facts are not. Like, I think that it's a really. They are. If they were like, oh, we want somebody who's like more experienced on the ice, but they were paying them like over four million, I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, like maybe this is questionable. But a million for Alex Galchenyuk is nothing. Like, I think that's totally reasonable. Um. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I think it's fun. You may hate it. I think it's good. Like once again, I, I it's like there's so many players who I hate with a passion, but if they were on my team, mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Oh, this is great." And because I experienced Alex Galchenyuk being on my team when I was watching like Habs games, you know, back in mm-hmm. the day.
2: And I mean, to be fair, I don't hate him as much as I hated some of the other players on that team. Oh, yeah. Like, there are certain other players that I would be much more upset about. I don't hate him that much. <laughs> Still not happy. Like, I'm thinking, like, if the Sens signed freaking, like, Gallagher or something, like, no. But Galchenyuk is, like, second tier.
1: Yeah, I think I think he's, like, a decent player. I think he'll be... He'll probably do mm-hmm. well on the team. Like, I think it's... You know, I think it's a good... It's a smart move. You know, I'm always surprised when the Sens do a smart thing, and, like, they did a smart thing, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not mad about it. <sighs> I guess. Let's talk about things that you should be mad about, which is...
2: <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Yeah. So this, like, thankfully this has been, like, kind of resolved, yeah. but we did kind of want to talk about it. Um, So there was this whole controversy recently where, basically, um, it turned out that a Coyote's prospect, so I think a guy who was just drafted... Um, had uh, an interesting history. Basically, he um, was, like, convicted for bullying a um, disabled black uh, classmate of his. Mm. Um, and I think he was, like, was, it, was he 14 or something? Like, yeah, it, it was four years ago. ago. Um, um, and, like, repeatedly using racial slurs and uh, just really, really... there was a really, really nasty story. Yeah, and so
1: it was um, Mitchell Miller... Who mm-hmm. yeah, had been signed by the coyotes, and um, he'd he'd like admitted in juvenile court that he'd bullied mm-hmm. this kid, which is pretty awful.
2: Yeah, and again, only like four years ago. Mm. Um and like obviously, obviously you can grow a lot between the ages of 14 and 18. I certainly grew a lot during that period of my life. Mm. Um, however, the response to this was not great. Um, like This story kind of blew up, and the coyotes basically responded saying, Yeah, we we knew about this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We were well aware, and honestly, there was a whole thing about, like, the thing we really respected about him was that he totally, like, owned it he didn't you know um try to deny it or like seem ashamed of it and we think that he's really willing to grow i don't know it was just this like yeah we think that this guy has has moved on we've decided that he's willing to grow mm-hmm. and that playing in the NHL will um help him kind of which like there's there's a lot wrong with that um starting with the assumption that the NHL is a good place for someone to go to um, become less racist and Mm. less of a terrible person. (laughs) Um, Yeah, which I don't think is true.
1: (laughs) Like, if you... Well, okay, so the thing is, this wasn't just, like, a one-off situation. Like, the bullying Mm. was pretty, like, consistent for a long time. There's a reason why, like, a police report was filed, right? Like, this isn't something that necessarily happens to its in in mm-hmm. high schools, like, let's be real, bullying usually goes on for ages without being noticed. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, if you read the accounts of what happened, it's pretty awful, like, on top of just, like, mm-hmm. obviously, like, taunting and racial slurs. There was also, like, some, uh, like, physical harassment. And it's just, like, really horrific. Like, it's, it's not, mm-hmm. like, a little, you know... I mean, not that bullying is ever, like, a little thing, but it's not like he... Um, did it once and got in trouble. Like it was a consistent thing, mm-hmm. something that was so bad that the, a police report was filed. And I think that like, you can, you can be like, oh, he admitted to it. He was open about it. That's great. That's a really good step into uh, growing as a person and like becoming a better person. I'm not saying that somebody who was a bully at 14 is beyond, you know, um, mm-hmm. beyond becoming like a good, well-balanced adult. But, and, no, I, I don't think anyone is saying that, like, something,
2: like, the, the argument that I heard in favor of this kid was, like, you know, something that you did at 14 doesn't, shouldn't stay with you forever. And, like, I agree, like I said, like, we've all made mistakes at 14. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that you know, something that you did at 14 makes you an irredeemable person for the rest of your life. Like, I, I do hope that people can move on from that. Yeah, of course. But I think the issue is that this this guy doesn't seem to... Like, there's no evidence that he has moved on. He, and I think that you need to prove that you have grown as a person, mm. right? Beyond just saying that you're sorry, right? Like, that's not, that's not the end of it. You need to actually take strides to demonstrate that you actually understand what you did wrong and you're not going to do that again, not just because you're afraid of consequences, mm-hmm. right? Um, and for something as, like, really re- as worrying as this, like, yeah, sorry, you need to do a lot of work before we can trust that this guy is safe to have around racialized players, right? Yeah. Um, And, you know, is, is going to be a good person to have in the locker room. Yeah. Um, and it's especially concerning also considering how the NHL treats like most non-white prospects. Cause there's all this hand wringing about like, Oh, mm. you know, he's not good in the locker room and you know, he celebrates too enthusiastically or something. Right. And then suddenly we have this, this player who has shown that just four years ago, he got into a lot of trouble for repeatedly bullying someone. Um, Yeah. And and it's just kind of like, oh, well, you know, we think that we can help, you know, help him work on himself, right?
1: Well, and like knowing what we know of, for example, what Akeem Aliu went through in the AHL, Mm -hmm. it makes sense for the NHL to be more concerned about the players they're drafting. Mm -hmm. We're trying and the NHL is front facing saying, you know, we're actively trying to take steps to ensure that um players of color feel safe and that we can sort of nurture a more diverse Mm -hmm. not just a more diverse audience but also like a more diverse sort of um group of players and what people like Mm -hmm. You know, there's this sort of balance where it's like, yeah, if you do something in your teens that was shitty, you've done something in your teens that was shitty. It happens. Mm -hmm. And people do terrible things and people grow. People are capable of change, obviously. And not only should we um, accept that, but we should nurture that. We should definitely be like, yeah, we totally believe that people can change. We want Mm -hmm. to make sure that people can change. The thing is that something like playing the NHL is a privilege. It makes you, first of all... A public personality maybe you're not going to be like a super like iconic celebrity right away but it does make you like a public persona and it also gives you the opportunity to earn an insane amount of money like a mm-hmm. lot of money like with any kind of public person you should be vetting the background like that's mm-hmm. you know that's the trade-off for this like big opportunity and i think we're sort of past point in history where we're like well you know this guy like like beat up a black kid for years but Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) it's fine um Mm -hmm. while simultaneously saying you know on the other end like oh we really want to like support players of color we want to like make sure our fan bases know that we're like open and inviting like you you know at some point you have to pick one over the other and in the case of the coyotes, at first they were like, uh, like we can make this work, we can kind of, you know, uh Were they gonna put him like in a bullying ad or something like that? Like something mm-hmm. stupid.
2: Yeah. And then Which like that's that's not <laughs> that's not a good look. It's also unsurprising from the league that decided that a player who used a homophobic slur on the ice would be a great Hockey is for everyone ambassador. Yeah. Like it just To me, it shows who these kinds of campaigns are targeted at, like who they're meant to help. And it seems it sends the message of like, this kind of campaign is all about helping players recover from being terrible people and not like actually helping the players who are victimized by that.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you're centering Mm -hmm. perpetrators, not victims. Um, I mean, Mm -hmm. this is all resolved because the Coyotes have announced that they have cut ties with Mitchell Miller. He's an 18-year-old kid. Honestly, like, he'll be fine. He'll land on his feet. This is probably, like, a really devastating blow. Like, I'm not going to minimize that. But, um, you know, like, as I said, being, like, an athlete is... It's part luck and it's part privilege. And Mm -hmm. a lot of 18-year-old kids don't become NHL players. Like, he'll find another way. He'll mm -hmm. land on his feet. This isn't going to, like, ruin his life. At the end of the day, Mitchell Miller isn't exactly a name where, like, if you Google it, you're going to be like, oh, it's that Mitchell Miller. Like, there's Mm -hmm. thousands of them. You're going to be fine. You know?
2: Yeah. And even then, like, I don't know. The the kid's only 18. Like, he has a chance to prove that he can learn and grow, Mm. right? Yeah, totally. He has options. there's... I mean, I know that people are, there's a lot of hand-wringing about people being like, oh, cancel culture has gone too far. Like, it's not, it's not to that extent. Like, Mm. if this guy is actually committed to moving on from what he did at 14, Mm. and he, you know, actually works on himself and proves that he has learned, which he has to do, Mm. considering all the horrible things that he did then, like, yeah, he'll land on his feet. He'll be fine. Maybe one day he'll end up in the NHL again, right? Like, you never know.
1: I think the thing is, like, when people say, oh, cancel culture has gone too far, I think there's nuance to it. When, you know, if you're calling the employer of somebody who's, like, earning minimum wage somewhere because they said something five years ago that, like, Mm -hmm. at the time they didn't know was shitty, then you're doing something fucked up. Like, that's that that's mm-hmm. definitely going too far. This, like, when people start... Like, when people find someone who doesn't really have any influence, uh, a lot of the time it's people who are, like, working-class people and they find something they did or said five to ten years ago and are, like, let's go after them, you know, let's call their employers and their mothers and mm-hmm. whatever. That leaves no room, really, for growth and for reparations and that also, like, there's no conversation about like where that person is at in their life in that moment. That's shitty. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm like, yeah, cancel culture has yeah. gone too far. That is something that happens on the internet and that is like severely fucked up. But when it's an 18-year-old kid who, you know, the thing that it that they're not getting is like the opportunity to play sports for millions and millions of dollars.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And be like a public pers- like persona. Like I'm sorry, but that's something mm-hmm. that you earn not just with your athletic ability, but also with character. They're constantly talking about character in sports. So you know it's time to actually own up to that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't know. it, it was yeah. like aggravating. I think the most aggravating thing was that the coyotes knew, and they didn't really critically like consider it. They didn't they clearly didn't mm-hmm. have a plan because this was gonna come out at some point. And mm-hmm. they tried to, like, slap a last-minute Band-Aid on it. They didn't really, like, come out the door and were like, we have a plan for this, you know?
2: Yeah, and, like, they had to know this was going to get out. Like, mm. you can't just sweep that under the rug. Yeah, and it was just concerning that they they didn't seem to, I don't know, they didn't seem to find an issue with it. Mm. Like, good on them for finally, you know, <laughs> letting him go, but... yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, that's... Um, uh-huh. <laughs> it, it's the NHL, you know, but it's mm-hmm. at least a step in the right direction, even though it took them a while to get there. You know, like, I don't want to... Yeah, definitely. Complain about everything. So, um, so <sighs> oh, it's the okay. off-season, right? So, we decided that we were... You know, we don't have that much content. It's the off-season. We decided to ask you, a wonderful audience... Um, we decided to milk you for content. Um, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. that means that we, you know, like asked on on Twitter if you had any questions, comments, concerns, something you would like us to read. And I think I made the mistake of saying, like, I will read almost anything you send me.
2: (laughs) Um, one person took that a little bit too literally. yeah.
1: So, hi Leah. Um, <laughs> uh, um,
2: Leah Beer. To clarify, we're, yeah, we're talking about Leah Beer, who is at Leah Alcohol, not our sweet, innocent friend Leah Day. <laughs> Two
1: very different. She has
2: nothing to do
1: with this. <laughs> um, Leah. <laughs> Leah has self-appointed herself as the heart and soul of Sense Twitter, which is one of my favorite things about her. She's a wonderful person. Um, but as wonderful as she is, she sent us um a story to read, and <laughs> um
2: Leah is also one of the few Sense Twitter people who also like actually reads fan fiction, so she and I have bonded over that um reading this thing that she sent us. Leah, I'm judging you just a little bit, like, (laughs) um, I'm not sure we have that much in common if this is what you're reading.
1: I mean, I think this is very much, like, her trying to, um, fuck with us, so...
2: I I think so. To be fair, I have also found some horrifying fanfiction that I would like to erase from my brain. Um and it seems like that's kind of what happened with Leah. I mean, anyone who who reads AO3 has been there. To be fair, you're just browsing through the tags, which apparently is what Scooby-Doo and, like, <laughs> and
1: Chef Boyardee of Chef Boyardee
2: um you know, not judging. <laughs> and then you you just come across something that's like, I want to erase this from my memory. Why Why did I read this? I have many, I can think of many summaries that I've read that were like that. So, okay, maybe I'm not judging.
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna put out there, first of all, we're not doing Mascot Minute this week because we decided that this is enough fake for one episode. Um The story we're reading um. and we haven't opened it until literally just now it is I believe explicit so that's a head up Um,
2: no actually hold on I know how to read the AO3 tags I will do this oh god I am logged into my AO3 account cool this is gonna be just in my history right now okay (laughs) um so the rating is teen and up audiences Um, it is, the category is MM, so it's, it's male-male. Okay. Um, it is Scooby-Doo and Chef Boyardee (laughs) fandom. Um, the relationship is Scooby-Doo slash Chef Boyardee, so that's, that's code for like a, a, a romantic sexual relationship. Um, uh, the additional tags are Time to Die, and the title, (laughs) the title is Daddy Dom Boyardee, um, the summary is: Chef Boyardee and Scooby Doo get kinky. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, s- wow, the title just <laughs> has different context considering what we were talking about earlier. Oh, in no. this Episode, but I'm not gonna think too hard about it. Um, Poppy, do you wanna do you wanna get started?
1: Yeah, if you're listening to this right now, it's possible that I may have edited <laughs> this part, like this story for length. Um, but I'm not sure. What, what, I don't know how long it like is. We're literally going to see where this goes. We
2: haven't read it.
1: Okay, we're just taking it one um, paragraph at a time. Let's go. S- <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> scooby <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Scooby-Doo had always been into the more spicy side of sex. Wearing panties, using handcuffs. Hell. Even getting spanked with a riding crop occasionally, it all turned him on. But he'd never known what a <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but he'd never known what a kinky motherfucker he really was until this very moment. He was on his knees in the bunker library, wearing a collar leash. That seems like something Scooby Doo would wear regularly. though. <laughs> like that's not a weird thing. Okay. Wearing a collar leash bolf bof mask and boarf bof paw gloves, sitting back on his haunches and begging Chef Boyardi for a treat. <laughs> He'd never felt more aroused. Honestly, he wasn't entirely sure if it was the praise aspect of it or if he really just craved being taken care of and having his decisions made for him. He supposed it was all of it, and seeing how hard Chef Boyardi was getting, oh god. How hot Chef Boyardee <laughs> got watching Scooby-Doo put on the costume didn't hurt either.
2: Does Bork both want another treat? <laughs> <laughs> Chef Boyardee asked, giving the bulge in his jeans a little squeeze as he stood before Scooby-Doo. Mm. <laughs> Scooby-Doo sat up straighter and gave Chef Boyardee a happy Bork, <laughs> even sticking his tongue out of the mouth opening in his mask. Mm. Chef Boyardee smiled and tossed Scooby-Doo a piece of a cracker. The first piece he had tossed Scooby-Doo only moments before had bounced off his nose and landed on the floor. Chef Boyardi had made Scooby-Doo eat it off the hardwood, which Scooby-Doo had done with no complaints. This time,
1: though, he caught the treat in his mouth. Good boy, Chef Boyardi <laughs> exclaimed, reaching forward <laughs> to pat Scooby-Doo on the head. Scooby-Doo's heart and earlobe swelled with the praise, and he went down on all fours to accept Chef Boyardi's pets. Chef Boyardee's hand moved back to scratch behind Scooby-Doo's ear, and Scooby-Doo took the opportunity to give Chef Boyardee's arm a playful lick. Chef Boyardee shivered visibly from the contact, and Scooby-Doo wriggled his ravioli from side to side, (laughs) making the tail. (laughs) No, making the tail plug in his asshole. (laughs) Wag back and forth. The plug was sticking out through a hole cut into scooby briefs, and the feeling of the slightly weighted toy moving inside him sent a warm stripe of pleasure throbbing through his whole body.
2: Oh. Um, he had to work very hard to bite back the groan bubbling up in his throat. Chef boyardi had already told him that if you followed the rules and only made more noises, <laughs> that he
1: Reward. Him. Oh god.
2: And damn did scooby doo want that reward. Just, just the prospect of Chef Boyardee's D's thick earlobe. What? Was enough to send scooby too over the edge. Oh man. <laughs> but he didn't dare mini pie until Chef Boyardee gave him permission. Oh
1: god, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Either. Chef Boyardee grinned knowingly at Scooby Doo, then scooped up the leash hanging from Scooby Doo's neck before straightening. He began walking back toward the bedroom and commanded Scooby Doo to heal. Scooby Doo followed along immediately, shuffling beside Chef Boyardee on his hands and knees. He's not on his hands and knees, he's on his paws. <laughs> That's like, okay, this is ridiculous. Scooby Doo is a dog, he knows how to heal. The excitement coiled tighter and tighter in Scooby-Doo's belly. The closer they got to the shared room, anticipation was flushing through him with each pounding beat of his heart as they crossed over the threshold and his eager hole <laughs> <laughs> oh <no. laughs> clenched around his tail plug. He couldn't help the whine that escaped his lips. He's a dog. He doesn't have lips. His body was crying out to be filled by Chef Boyardee in every way possible. (laughs) Leah, why? Oh, no.
2: Chef Boyardee chuckled softly and led Scooby-Doo to the bed. (laughs) I can't fucking read this with my roommates listening.
1: (laughs) We can call it if you want. We can call it. Let's call it. Let's go. <laughs>
2: um, we can share this. DM us if you want to know what happens,
1: Leah. Why?
2: Um,
1: this is too much for me. Like, I literally can't. I, I, I'm also pissed because Scooby Doo is a dog. He doesn't walk on his hands and knees. He doesn't even. Well, like he has knees, but not really. He's a dog. He doesn't have hands, he has paws, and he doesn't have lips. He's a dog. And he... I also...
2: I like that most of the time when we read the mascot minute, you know, the stuff that we write, um, we... We can't stop laughing the whole time, and this time I could just hear, like, the... The despair, the... the like, we were so unimpressed, um... There will be no no laughter. No laughter has been cut out of this one. But just know that most episodes, if there's no laughter in the mascot minute, it's because we cut it out.
1: <laughs> this is amazing. Okay, so if you want to find this, it's on Ao3. It's called Daddy Dom Donboyrd, and it's by Anakin's Betrayal. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not gonna finish it. I can't. It's too much for me, personally. Um, yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> Please. Okay, let's move on to questions. um, mm-hmm. Because that's something I feel more comfortable with. <laughs> Although, yeah, maybe not yeah. for long.
2: Um, actually, yeah, our questions, there was a theme. I, you know, wasn't surprised, yeah. but maybe a little bit disappointed that we were like, you know, ask us literally anything you want. And everyone was like, how do mascots fuck? Um.
1: <laughs> more or less. So, let's start with a question from Ross. Hi, Ross. Hi. Um, Ross asks, which current senator would make the best Sparta Cat, and which would be the absolute worst?
2: Okay, right away, I hope... I, I'm pretty sure we're both agreed on this one. Obviously, the best Sparta Cat would be Brady Kachuk. Yeah, he'd be he would amazing. An amazing mascot. Yeah,
1: he, like, he already loves no being, question. like, goofy. Um. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a pretty, pretty, like, solid... I'm, like, mad that it's only current... Um players because I was gonna say mm-hmm. the worst possible one would be Cody CC because he has no hand to eye coordination. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Ross, you really you made it difficult for us Yeah adding current senators. Um bold of you to assume that I can name more than two current
1: senators. I know who I think would be the worst mascot, and that's Tim Stutzler. Um this is because mm-hmm. Tim Stützler, as I as you may recall from um our previous episode, is like playing on a team where the mascot had to get fired because <laughs> they were so <laughs> aggressive. So <laughs> I think that he a I think he doesn't know who Sparta Cat is, and b I think he's <laughs> had um experience with uh, bad mascots. So
2: he doesn't have like a good mascot role model to look up to, you know? Yeah.
1: I think that's um, so, that's pretty
2: much where I'm where I'm at with this. I mean, if he wanted to, like, have that mascot that got fired as his role model and be like that, that would be amazing. I don't think he would do that. Here's before.
1: the thing: I don't know. Does Sparta Cat have fingers? Um. He has paws. Yeah, but I don't think he has fingers. And the mascot for Adler Mannheim um, notoriously showed the opposing team the middle finger. Right. I don't even know if he could... Oh, oh, wait. Spotter Cat. I'm looking up pictures right now. We should know this, but Spotter Cat does have fingers. So, never mind. I
2: feel like... I hate to say this. I feel like we may have... <laughs> used his fingers in a mascot minute um probably at some point i hate it here so we probably we've probably written him as having fingers Mm. um
1: okay cool 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 (laughs) after reading um daddy don (laughs) boy i can't i'm like i'm like like now i know how people feel listening to us like it's it's kind of upsetting (laughs) Um this is
2: yeah, our our voices as we as we read that was everybody else listening to our mascot minute. Yeah.
1: Okay, so we got a question from Bosti, um leading into our expertise, obviously. Um if ma- <laughs> Um the only thing people want to know from us really. Exactly. Um so Bosti asked, if mascots bone down, how do they do it? Like do they feel pleasure as their costume would, or is there a weird internal system? Okay, so I'm just
2: going to stop you right there. Hold on. I just need to clarify, just in case, um, when we write the mascot minute, we are writing the mascots as sentient beings without people inside them. Just to be very, very clear, we do not write real person fic on this podcast. We are not writing anything about humans. It is specifically the mascots as sentient beings.
1: Ossie and I did discuss this a little further, um, and he said that, like, (laughs) he thought that was too simplistic, like, not just the people, Mm -hmm. not just the mascots, but, like, there was some kind of symbiotic layer to them in which they felt, like, everything, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting to think of, like, the mascot and the person as the symbiotic relationship. But for the sake of this podcast, um, the mascot is the mascot. There is no person inside the mascot. We believe that the mascot mm-hmm. purely exists without a person inside them. They are real creatures in our fantasy mm-hmm. world. Um, mm-hmm. People who are mascots fascinate me. Uh, I'm not going to lie about that. Obviously, like they're super interesting. But I don't want to think about it. <laughs>
2: considering the first question we answered like let's, yeah. <laughs> let's definitely not um, so bosti if you if you are unhappy with like our world building in this podcast he probably and is just kind of the lore that we've come up with which yeah i'm pretty sure he is from the comments <laughs> he's given us bosti feel free to write your own mascot fanfic I will gladly read it. Yeah. Possibly share it on the podcast. I can walk you through through creating an AO3 account <laughs> and publish it there. I am so happy to support you in this endeavor, but unfortunately, like obviously, you know, death of the author and all that. You can interpret things however you want. We're just putting our our our, our art out into the world. Mm. Um and it's it's for your interpretation, but your um, headcanons are not actually going to be canon
1: yeah <laughs> sorry okay so from um, James at Welcome to Your Carlson Years uh, we got well it's actually two questions um, the first question was your podcast has the momentum of a runaway freight train why are you so popular the answers were not <laughs> um actually the Cosper per point cast is really popular and we're
2: just kind of like hanging on
1: yeah we're, we're tagging on i think some people find joy in our stupid podcast but um i would say in comparison to the iconic institution of welcome to your calcineas this amalekin life is still mm-hmm. kind of you know lagging a little bit but maybe I mean, i'm being we're too very humble.
2: popular among who love the Ottawa Senators I'm assuming I mean I don't know based on the comments we get I'm assuming that everybody who's into our podcast is just into the mascot stuff Mm. um so if you're listening to this right now like we are judging you
1: yeah and then there's a follow up question um which is follow up why do bad things happen to good people seems that life is just a constant war between good and evil
2: um Okay, so let's put our degrees to work here.
1: (laughs) As a person who has to go through life, my answer is I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I don't think people deserve what happens to them necessarily. I think terrible things happen to good people. Um, I think that it's just a toss-up intellectually. As a Catholic sometimes I'm like, I don't know, is, are we being? I don't think that, no, you know what? I don't think God tests us. I don't believe that. I, I really don't. Do you think, do you think that
2: maybe bad things happen to us because of what we write about mascots and bad
1: things happen to our listeners because of what they <laughs> listen to
2: about mascots?
1: I think, I think that the, the um I think it doesn't balance out. You know, like, <laughs> I really don't. I mean, I'm not saying that like, My life is, you know, terrible, but um, I think that it's... I think that all of that is literally just, like, luck. And also, like, it's so subjective because, like, I constantly think that I'm a very lucky person. But somebody had once said to me that they've never met somebody with worse luck than me. And I was like, what? Because, like, every time I get into an unlucky situation, I find my way out of it. So I'm like, I'm lucky. Whereas I've spoken to people who were like, no, you're unlucky because you end up in this situation in the first place, right? Um, Mm -hmm. It's a thing of perspective. Uh, Some things are objectively bad and bad things happen. I really don't know. Like, I literally don't know. I think it's just like what you make of it at the end of the day. Um,
2: I'm really flattered that you came to us with this question, though, James.
1: Yeah. Once again, like, you think I'm smarter than I am. (laughs) But thanks for asking. I have no idea. But I think that the most important thing is what we make of it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, so next question I think is less. Oh, no. Next question is also deranged. Uh, Yeah, next question is the worst one. (laughs) Okay, so we got a question from Aunt Brent Eric Smith. How many players on the team vote for Trump? He says definitely Brady and Craig, in brackets, rest in peace, but is all hope lost for Norris and Logan? And then he also commented that there is a million and one Americans on this team, full report required. I
2: don't feel comfortable Mm. answering this question. (laughs) I hope Brady isn't a Trump supporter. Mm -hmm. If If he is, he'll be, you know, he'll change his mind. This is just me projecting and wishful thinking and stuff. He probably is.
1: I honestly think Brady doesn't vote.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's the real answer. Hockey players are like one of the few demographics left that truly do not care about
1: politics. I think a huge chunk of hockey players don't vote. Um, But again, we're completely projecting. Um, I think this is one of those things where I think not voting is less morally bad. People say that, like, not voting is, like, the worst thing on earth. And I do dislike when people don't vote, because as somebody who's never been allowed to vote, like, it's really fucking frustrating. But I think voting for Trump is objectively worse than not voting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think having to vote in any case between, like, you know, the lesser of two evils, like, sucks ass. And I don't think it's necessarily bad to vote for a third-party candidate. Like, I just don't think that's... Like, morally bankrupt. Mm-hmm. But voting for Trump is something that I personally think is, like, morally so reprehensible that I mm-hmm. don't want to attach it to somebody who I just don't know about, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. So, I I can pull up the Sens roster and we can go through each American. Oh my God. Um, because despite what despite what uh, Mr. Logan Couture might say, <laughs> only Americans can vote for Trump. Yeah. <laughs> um, do we want to go through this? Uh, if you could... So first on our list we have our boy Alex Galchenyuk.
1: I don't know, man. I really don't like. No. He looks like he doesn't vote.
2: <laughs> like I was gonna say, he spends a lot of time in Canada, but I was like, he spends a lot of time in Quebec among hockey
1: players. So people have, I think, a very simplistic uh, view on Quebecois politics. Um, mm-hmm. Like I think that, for example, Thomas Chabot. This is completely me projecting. I have no idea. I think that he votes, like, Parti Québécois. Like, I have no reason for it. (laughs) Possibly. Quebec has a weird thing. Like, I'm not going to say that racism doesn't exist in Quebec, because it clearly does. But Quebec has, like, a very strange political environment. You can literally take university classes on the politics of Quebec alone. I don't want to simplify it as being, like, all white Quebecers are racists. And Quebec also has a really long history of working-class uprising. And so that, like, adds a layer of, like, intense class consciousness to it.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, and also, oh my god, the other day I was listening to Herb Carnegie's autobiography, Fly in a Pale of Milk, incredible autobiography. I absolutely recommend, like, reading to it or listening to it. The audiobook's amazing. But he's talking about how, like, when he played in Quebec, a lot of the time he didn't actually have that many issues. Hmm. So... You know.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Um, anyways, moving down the list, <laughs> we also have obviously we already talked about Kachuk. Um, then we have Austin Watson. We didn't talk about the controversy with this guy. <laughs> oh my god. Um anyways, I would I'm gonna vote Trump supporter. Yeah. Probably that's fair enough. Maybe I'm I don't know, maybe I'm making reaching assumptions based on what little information I know, but that checks out to me. Colin White He's from Boston. What do you think?
1: Don't you dare! I love Colin White. I can't say it. No, I refuse. <laughs> doesn't vote. We'll say that doesn't vote. <laughs> Maybe doesn't vote.
2: And then finally, we have um, Mike Riley from uh, Chicago.
1: I have no idea I don't know enough about him. He's a. I, I don't know. Isn't he like a child? Can he even vote? Like, oh, he's twenty-seven years old. Um. I don't know if he I don't know if he votes. I have no idea. I know nothing about Mike Riley. I'm sorry, Mike Riley. Mm-hmm.
2: Like Sorry. Um, okay. So that was our um analysis of which players vote for Trump. Uh, I'm so okay. sorry, like, next from I know there are more American uh,
1: players on the team. Like
2: I know. I was just looking up the I was looking up the roster on the Suns website. Oh, okay, one hundred percent
1: accurate. Yeah, but I'm not um, gonna. I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. go with that. I feel like you about it. <laughs> no. Okay,
2: from Peter Raymakers, uh, former Silver Seven writer. If you could choose any animal to model a mascot after, which animal would you choose, and why?
1: Um, I'm gonna assume this is for a hockey team, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I've already
2: said. Like we had, I think the last time we did a mailbag, there was a question something about that, like which yeah it would be animal, like which animal which would, you would you be? And I said that I would love an alpaca mascot. Oh, that's um, fine. I think I also said that my fursona is an alpaca, so like same thing.
1: <laughs> I just think they're cool. I always say if I was an animal, I'd be a whale. Um, mm-hmm. I think a whale is a deranged animal to put on the ice, but I think that like. You know, all the, like, traditional, like, ice animals, like penguins and polar bears and stuff. Like, it's kind of, like, dead. Like, it's not that interesting. Um, I would love to see more fictional animals. What's the thing that's, like, a serpent with a chicken's head or a chicken with a serpent's head? (laughs) Um,
2: A basilisk? I know what you're talking about, and I don't remember the name.
1: Is it a basilisk that's supposed to be, like, a chicken snake? Oh, okay. A cockatrice. A cockatrice is a mythical beast, which is a two-legged dragon or serpent-like creature with a rooster's head. That I want to see as a mascot. Okay. That
2: that would be cool. Yeah. I like the, the sort of mythical creatures. As I
1: mascot. like... I just love... I'm really looking awesome. at illustrations right now. Having, like, <laughs> a like, rooster head on, like, a weird dragon serpent is so funny. <laughs> it's got, like, chicken feet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want that. That that's it. A cockatrice. That's what I would make a mascot. Um, we had another question, which like, it's a deranged question. We have one from Stephen McLean, which is, I have recently learned that pudding was most likely very cheap meat, and I'm now reevaluating <laughs> my understanding of British cooking. I mean, what's a better way to serve cabbage than boiled and slathered in vinegar? It's hard to say. Okay, I'm assuming this is kind of a question for me. <laughs> um. so as a British person now when I'm saying pudding I still mean something sweet but like yeah pudding used to be like a weird like meat thing like I don't know like it's you know gross mm-hmm. so I would still if I say pudding I mean pudding also if you're thinking about like pudding like jello That's made of, like, bone marrow, so it's still kind of gross. So, like, why are you judging poor British people of the past? We were doing our best. (laughs) And then the second question, what's a better way to serve cabbage than boiled and slathered in vinegar? I will tell you, it is cabbage which is pickled, which is sauerkraut. That is the best way to eat cabbage. Do you have input on that, or was that just a- I? You know what? You can take that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, great. We've got another question from Connor. If Sparta Cat's name wasn't mm-hmm. Sparta Cat, what would it be? Oh, I don't know, man. I think it would. I can't picture
2: him as anything else. The name is so iconic.
1: Uh, I mean, Sparta Cat's old name was literally just the Lion. Um, when he was re- when he was oh, released, yeah. uh, which I think is such a funny name. Like just the Lion, I think they'd probably call him something lame like Leonard. I'm, I'm serious, I think that's what they would do. I think it's a very Ottawa thing to do to call your lion mascot Leonard.
2: I, I could see that working for him. Um, okay, our final question, and this is a poppy one. It's another question from Leah, the same Leah from before. You're on thin ice, my friend, <laughs> but now this is a good question. Decided that this question is slightly better than your first question that was not a question, just a request. Um, and that was, if you were to guess Spartacad's birth chart, what would be your assessment? Now, I know that we know we know his sign, right? Yeah,
1: I looked it up, like, ages ago. But I've forgotten it, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I can't remember exactly. Um. But I would love to do it from just, like, a vibe perspective and also from, like, the perspective of the uh, persona that we, <laughs> as a collective, have projected onto Cat. And I have a pretty good idea of what I would think. I would think that Cat mm-hmm. is a Sagitt... No. Cat is a leo son. Duh. He's a lion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's such an easy one. Cat is a leo son. Partly because he's a lion and partly because he's, like, the center of attention. And to do the job he does, like, you have to be a little bit vain, let's be honest. He's a Leo. Mm -hmm. Um, But then because we think that Sparta Cat is, like, so sensitive, to an extent where I'm like, okay, like, get over it, I would say he's a Pisces moon. My reasoning for this is that everybody's like, oh, Cancers are so sensitive. Cancers are sensitive but Pisces are sensitive in a way that is like unmatched. And I've known multiple Pisces that are a little bit crazy. (laughs) This is purely protecting. Uh, (laughs) I think that Spartacat has a Pisces moon. For those of you who are like, not so like into astrology, uh, a sun sign is the sign that we all know. Like it's according to the day you were born. Um, And it's just like a summary of your personality. Your moon sign is about your sort of like inner emotions and feelings, and like, you know, you're like your inner world. And your rising sign is sort of what you project to the outside and how you interact with the outside world. And your moon and your mm-hmm. rising sign are determined according to what time you were born. Yeah, I think the moon is a Pisces because Sparta Cat is sensitive. But I'm struggling with the rising because I don't think, like, if Sparta Cat had. Uh, like, fire or air rising, then we would think that he was confident. But we have invented a character in which he's very sensitive, which to me shows that he doesn't project pure confidence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, because of this, I would say that his rising sign is either a Earth sign or a... Although Earth signs can be quite confident and, like, stubborn... But, like, they don't have this, like, they're not, like, known for being very bubbly. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd say he's either an earth sign or a water sign because water signs are, like, known to be a little bit more sensitive. I'm gonna say that I think that his rising is Virgo. Virgos are very organized, very goal oriented. And I think that Splash Cat is both of those things. Mm-hmm. He, that makes sense. When he, like, hits that bell thing at the games, he's very, <laughs> like, on the dot. He never misses a beat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is a Virgo sign. <laughs> that was a truly, like, deranged thing of me to, like, come up with, but...
2: It's great. I don't know that much about astrology, but I'm just gonna say that that sounds accurate. hmm to me I guess. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. I think that's all the questions we got. Um. huh um, please do feel free to tweet us at any time with your questions. Um, you can yeah, email us, tweet us, um, comment on Patreon uh dm us like wherever you can contact us send us your questions and we will happily answer them on this podcast as we have proven we will answer any questions
1: we will like uh god i hate that we do this to ourselves
2: (laughs) like truly yeah Uh, you Um, know if you want to just send us the most cursed fic you found on ao3 i can't promise we'll read it out but like I'll check it out. I'll share. Well, let's everything. just say
1: I can't promise we'll read the whole thing, but I can promise Not. that we'll read the beginning <laughs> we'll of it. it. You know. We'll see the title and yeah. we'll think to ourselves, oh no, right? Like, <laughs> um, I didn't add this to the doc, but for the like end of the episode, I just wanted to add something that I just like really loved and I saw online the other day because James Wood um, tweeted this out. And um, it's a story from uh, Bruce Firestone's book. And he, he talked about um, the first Sparta Cat performer. And um, I think it's like just like such a delightful story. And I would just like to read like this caption that he shared online. Yes. So um, here we go. Dean was a crazy American who was working illegally in Canada A fact I was unaware of until one game he didn't show up for work. I asked Dean a couple of days later about that. He just looked at the floor and mumbled something unintelligible. I told him not to miss another game. Ever. He scurried off. I assumed he'd been drunk. Maybe shacked up with a woman somewhere. He was that kind of guy. The entertainment business is weird, but mascots are in a class by themselves. Still, he had talent. Dean could really connect with audiences. It ain't fair, but if you have a talent as a football player, a singer, actor, hockey player, mascot, people will let you get away with a lot. If you're good-looking, if you're good-looking, double that. <laughs> it turned <laughs> out the dean was crossing Lake Ontario in a tiny boat to come to work. He was hiding from immigration. Can you imagine <laughs> that, crossing the border like that? Maybe CCGS Simcoe would be reincarnated to stop another lion from ever entering Canada illegally. Dean's contract contract was not renewed for a year two. Before he left, he told me one day he was going to have his own private plane and a mascot uniform in the form of an American eagle. He was going to fly into war zones and single-handedly stop the killing. He was going to create world peace. He was going to win the Nobel Peace Prize. You watch me, Mr. Firestone. I can do it. Dean, wherever you are, the world needs you now more than ever. Come back, Dean. Come back.
2: I love this story. Um, that's the Sparta Cat I know, personally. <laughs> um, also, is this Dean Brown? Can anyone confirm or
1: deny? I, I like, love this story so much for, like, multiple reasons. Apart from the fact that, like, this guy is obviously um, just, like, such a character. Um, the fact that he thought that mascots could bring world peace is so iconic. <laughs> like, I'm really obsessed with that idea. Um And then, once again, this is proof that, like, immigrants really bring value to Canada. (laughs) Like, (laughs) so much value. (laughs) Not to brag, but, like, truly. (laughs) I just wanted to end on that because I think it's such a delightful story.
2: Should this mysterious Dean get big rig energy? Yeah, I think he really should. I really... I'm just saying because we don't have big rig... We did not put down anyone for big rig energy, and... I was, yeah, I was going through it and going through the the notes and I was like, maybe Dadanov just because of his name, but that you know what, let's end on a positive note and say that it's this mysterious Dean who mm. played Sparta Cat.
1: I think Dean sounds like such a character mm-hmm. um, I I really hope that he like still follows the sins or something, like I, I really hope he's still out there paying attention to Sparta Cat mm. maybe he even listens to this podcast <laughs>
2: I hope so um if you listen to this podcast make sure to email us or you know just let us know because it would be such an honor to have such an icon listening yeah
1: it would be all right i think that's i think we left on a high note
2: we did um it went very it went to some dark places right um Mm -hmm. there were this was this this podcast was a roller coaster. Yeah. But you know what? We managed to save it right at the end. <laughs> thank you um, to... No thank you to Leah Alcohol. <laughs> Please apologize publicly to
1: us for this. Thank you to everyone um, except for Leah. Although I, I she gets redemption for the last question, which was truly funny. But um, mm-hmm. thank you to everyone who submitted True. questions. Uh, I appreciate that all of your questions are like truly deranged. Um, that was...
2: <laughs> That's exactly what we're looking for.
1: It's good to know that you're listening and you know what our expertise is. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Poppy has a
2: degree. I almost have a degree. But we, everybody knows what the, what the real expertise exactly. is.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I apologize again <laughs> to Alex Galchenyuk for saying that he was past his prime. <laughs> um, now I'm starting to think that maybe his prime is only beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to This Is Melnick Life. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at CoolCatMom. And I am
2: at E, Or you can email us at thisismelnickinlife at gmail.com.
1: And the music this week was Shots in the Dark by Somersets. Our logo is by Lena Nove and Angus Fitzgerald-Clark.
2: For bonus content, please find us at patreon.com slash this life. You can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And, of course, it would be a huge help if you could rate us and review us on iTunes. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I'm
0: new girl back in my hometown. Settled right into settling down. On a Friday night, she can't be found. I'm new girl back in my hometown. It's the sun in the morning It's the stars in the night It's the all of me nothing It's we can't get it right